Hello, world. Is it Friday? It's Friday. You excited? For some reason, every day now. Maybe it's because I'm older. Every day I get up, I'm excited. News, information, comment, stuff. Right after this. How's it going? Serving Jesus? Led anybody to Christ lately? Invited anyone to church lately? Shared any messages lately? You're in a home Bible study? Praise the Lord. What else you doing for Jesus, huh? The hour is late. He's coming soon. Much to be done. We'll talk more about that at the end of the program on Life 101. Hey, you got to be in church Sunday. You found a good church. Some people look for churches for years. Something wrong with that. Find a church that preaches the word in line with where you are. You know, there's over 600 Baptist denominations. Isn't that something? Find a good one. Get in church, wherever it might be. Come to Fort Wayne. I can highly recommend one. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend, my friend. Culminated by church on Sunday morning at the Cross in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Thank you so much for supporting Greg Patton Ministries and listening to the program every day at this time. I am thrilled that you are here and you know I mean it. What in the world is going on? Demons, lots of demons. Hezbollah leader Syed Hassan Nasrallah claimed on Friday during a televised speech that he was not aware of any plans behind the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel. He called the brutal assault that took the lives of over 1,400 Israeli citizens as a heroic and brave act. Demons, sicko. We saluted, he said, praising Hamas for its violent attacks and referring to Israel as the occupiers. Good grief. The terrorist leader claimed he was not made aware of that attack before it was initiated. He made the same assertion before Iran, claiming the deadly attacks were perpetrated without the Iranian government's knowledge. Yeah. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken headed to Israel for a visit that will focus on some what they call concrete steps the Israeli military should take to better protect Palestinian civilians who face a growing humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Gaza City is surrounded now. Well, every time I read a story like this, I get sick. In light of what happened to our seven students from the same high school in Loudoun, Virginia, they're in the news again. They overdosed in the past three weeks, according to the sheriff's office. The sheriff's office investigating at least eight opioid-related overdoses at Parkview High School, seven of which have been reported in the past three weeks. Four of the overdoses occurred in the school, and of these three required administration of Narcan. It's all about fentanyl. What a plague to America. All the overdoses, fentanyl, which is commonly found in the form of 30 milligrams of oxycodone pill that's blue, circular, maybe stamped M30. Just awful. So what's more dangerous than Hamas? Christians. Boy, they're upset at the new house. Uh, <laughs> Lefty loonies upset the new House rep, Mike Johnson. They say he's a discount version of the apocalyptic organism the holy rulers have dreamed about for years. They've got a Christian in there, and we're in big trouble in America. What a bunch of morons out there. 
So I've been saying that uh, in America, we're toast. You know, one of my favorites is Mike Huckabee, and many of you send me good stuff from him. Like, I'm losing my optimism. I think I lost it a long time ago, Mike. For the past few years, a common question posed to me, said Mike Huckabee, is if I believed our country and our civilization is going to survive, my answer has always been yes. I've lived through moments in history when it appeared that all was too far gone, but we recovered. I cited the assassinations of JFK, RFK, Dr. Martin Luther King, the violent race riots of the early and mid-60s, and the anti-war protests and the mayhem on college campuses in the late 60s and into the early 70s. I remember the sexual liberation craze in the 60s and 70s where commitment and marriage were scoffed at in favor of open sexual promiscuity brought in part by easy access to birth control and abortion. I watched our cities burn down in riots and lootings. I remember the 68 Democrat convention in Chicago when police and protesters violently clashed. Or May 1970, Kent State, Ohio, a killing of four students and nine others wounded by National Guard troops who opened live fire on campus protesters. I witnessed the scandal and the ultimate resignation of a president, the Iranian takeover of an embassy, and the taking of 52 American hostages held for 444 days by radical Muslims. I've seen oil embargoes that caused long lines at gas stations and saw interest rates for home mortgages climb to 17, 18%, causing economic upheaval. There have been drug use crises that made it appear that an entire generation is going to drop out and get doped up. But through it all, there were glimpses of hope, and we experienced an ebb and a flow of history that fluctuated between the worst and the best. We saw the Civil Rights Act passed and a landing on the moon and major medical breakthroughs that saved lives and innovations in technology that brought us personal computers and ultimately smartphones and worldwide communications through something called the World Wide Web, commonly known as the Internet. But when people ask me now if we're going to be okay, I say soberly, but honestly, I just don't know. The reason is there are signs of such depravity that is not only occurring but being approved by those who are well-educated and should know better. A recent Harvard-Harris poll found that among 18 to 24-year-old Americans, a majority, 51%, think Hamas's slaughter of 1,400 innocent Israeli civilians was somehow justified. Overall, Americans disagree, and those over 65 disagree by 91%. That means that while people in my generation are overwhelmingly appalled by the massacre of children, the violent rape of women, and the torturing of the elderly, younger Americans actually consider that behavior justified. Wow, is this the new America or what? And worse, much of that attitude prevails on the campuses of what was once the elite institutions of higher education in America, like Harvard and Yale and Princeton. How is it that in places where we ought to find the smartest people, we are instead seeing the most immoral, least aware, spiritually blind, and intellectually ignorant in America? We have people appointed to the Supreme Court who can't answer the simple question, what is a woman? For fear it might offend those who argue that gender is no longer a scientific or biological reality. 
What a bunch of nutcases. But it's whatever we imagine it to be based on, nothing more than a whim. People advocate for the chemical castration and the surgical mutilation of children who are as prepared to make such permanent life-altering decisions as they are to be well-handed a, a loaded firearm or given the choice of eating vegetables or ice cream for dinner. My, oh my. But the reason for which most lose their optimism is the past. There was a remnant of sane and moral people who never wavered from believing and advocating for biblical truth and the Judeo-Christian norms of what treating others is one desire to be treated, and believing that there is a true God, that he was involved in our world, and that we should follow his rules. I now see many younger but very popular pastors who have moral confusion, and in an attempt to be relevant and loved, they're embracing sexual immorality as just a personal choice. And who in the name of love have dismissed sin as anything other than a personal lifestyle choice. If this trend continues, I just can't imagine the patience of God lasting very long. It certainly didn't in the past, and it won't in the future. There may come a time when we either, well, it, he lets us collapse into oblivion, or he finally said, that's it, it's over. It's time for putting this evil generation to rest and call a halt to a people who have destroyed themselves by rebellion. I really hope I'm wrong. I pray for reform, but I fear for the apocalypse. Well, ain't that the truth? Where are you, my friend? Amazon. Who's not heard of Amazon and Jeff Bezos, who started that whole thing in his garage in 1994 and plowed billions of dollars into transforming his city there into a tech town? Talking about Seattle, Washington, he is moving to Miami after 30 years. He's 59 years old, announced the move on Instagram. His mom and dad moved there recently, so why not? And another factor, his rocket company is nearby in Cape Canaveral. So um, Jeff Bezo, Bloomberg, said that Bezo had purchased a mansion in South Florida for $79 million a few months after buying another one right beside for 68 million dollars. He's only worth 161 billion dollars. Third richest person in the world. And sticking with uh, Amazon, Jeff Bezos. The FTC accuses Bezos of intentionally making Amazon worse for the consumer. That's one of the revelations from the newly unredacted sections of Regulators' long-awaited lawsuit against Amazon, originally filed back in September. According to the FTC, Bezos directed company executives to add irrelevant and inaccurate ads to search results in order to increase revenue. The FTC also alleges that Amazon's super-secret pricing algorithm, Project Nessie, unfairly netted the e-commerce giant a billion dollars in excess profits. An Amazon spokesperson told... Washington Post that the FTC grossly mischaracterizes Nessie and Bezos. What do you think? He finally got his. Sam Bankman Freed went from being a billionaire pulling around with Tom Brady in the Bahamas to a broke convicted fraudster who faces 110 years in prison. 
The 31-year-old former CEO of FTX was found guilty by a jury of all seven charges of fraud and conspiracy. Crypto. Bankman Freed expected to appeal. Six Flags Cedar Fair merging to create an $8 billion theme park. Going to be a monster. The companies behind Great Adventure and Knott's Berry Farm will now be one. If regulators approve that, in a joint statement, the company said that they will use the name Six Flags but keep Cedar Fair's stock ticker fun in case you forget what you're good for. The new combined entity will own and operate 27 amusement parks, 15 water parks, and nine resorts across 17 states, Canada, and Mexico. Lots of business news today. What's uh, Walmart doing? They're turning the lights back on on 117 stores across 30 states today. They underwent more than $500 million in renovations. The company says, hey, you step in now, you're going to see modernized decor, lighting, restrooms, plus more spacious layouts with unboxed product displays, large pharmacy area with private consultation rooms and expanded vision centers, digital touch points for product info and grab-and-go sections for drink sandwiches, just a whole bunch of rotisserie chicken. Sounds like Costco. They've got some of the cheapest, best chicken in town. Today marks the retail giant's largest single day of re-grand openings. And it's not over yet. Walmart's spending another $9 billion to upgrade more than 1,400 of its nearly 5,000 U.S. stores. Isn't that something? Bob Goldberg, he's the CEO of the National Association of Realtors, announced his resignation a day after a Federal jury found the group there liable for conspiring to artificially inflate commissions for home sales. I read yesterday where about a three hundred thousand dollar you got a three hundred thousand dollar home, you use a realtor, eighteen thousand dollars in fees. Isn't that something? Hard to believe there's this much money in all of this stuff out there in the business world. Uber and Lyft are gonna pay New York drivers there a combined three hundred and $28 million and give them a minimum wage in order to settle claims of wage theft. The rich get richer. Into basketball? Oh, yeah. The NBA's inaugural in-season tournament starts today and runs through December the 9th. And finally, <laughs> who said this? Have you ever been so offended at, at something that you thought, man, I need to steal a big flat-screen TV right now? <laughs> stupid. Someone said, don't you think it's weird that here in America our flag, our culture, offends so many people and yet uh, the benefits don't? Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Excited it's Friday, but Sunday's a coming. I love church. Got home from uh, Columbus last week and everybody in the house was sick. Mrs. Patton was Horribly ill with the migrate. We miss church. A big hole in our life for the week. I pray that that's the way you feel whenever you miss church, my friends. So, Sunday. Ah, uh, Jesus is the answer. What's the question? I pray you'll be there in your church. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together is what the Bible says. So you need to be there. It's, there's strength in that. Bible, prayer, church. Do it, my friend. 
get a chance ever in Fort Wayne, Indiana, stop by the cross. We'd love to have visitors on Sunday at our church. How about yours? And lest I forget, we broadcast services on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I'll put it up on my Facebook page, or you can contact me. I'll send you the link every Sunday morning. I think they even do Sunday school at 9.30. But our preaching service, 10.30 on YouTube, wherever you are in the world, you can watch services at the cross. Thank you in advance. Well, I just can't escape from it because it's true. As a man thinketh in his heart, Proverbs 23, 7, so is he. You are what you think about all day long. So you have your own thoughts and the world's thoughts and the devil's thoughts. We're supposed to be taking every thought captive, and you can have up to 100,000 thoughts a day. So how's that working out for you? And with those thoughts, that bad thinking come bad ideas. And with bad ideas come awful outcomes. And it's a part now of, well, welcome to the new America. If you want to catch up, we talked about this Monday and yesterday. And let me pause for just a moment. You know, we are living in a culture today that is politically correct, but is theologically, ethically, and morally corrupt. It's America. It's right to the very center of our being, to the core. Today's culture is corrupt. Humanity without Jesus Christ is totally depraved. The world will lead you directly away from the things of God rather than toward them. And of course, Satan is the prince and the power of all of this in the air. One of the obvious key points that Jonathan Kahn made in Columbus, Ohio was... Uh, is God, ask the question, is God going to bless a nation turning from him and biblical principles? Yeah, righteousness, exalt of the nation, Proverbs 14, 34. Sin is a reproach to any people, and we've done it. We have deliberately drifted. No, we've ran from God. Do you remember November 14, 2003, an Alabama Supreme Court Judge Roy Moore he defied the judge's order there to remove the Ten Commandments from the Capitol Rotunda, standing for what's right, and we certainly need more of that today. They made him look like a goofball all the way through that old mess. Moore said it's about whether or not we acknowledge God as the source of our law and liberty. Standing for Christ in a wicked new America is the cry till he comes. Boy, that's... Easy to say, but so tough to do. You know, you're listening here today, there's a really good chance that you are facing a hardship today or a conflict or a trial like none of us would ever imagine. We're encountering our adversary on his turf. Everything, he's running the show. Everything God's people love, Satan hates. That's why we have so many problems today. For instance, he hates your marriage, your Christian marriage, Chances are good that more marriages are in conflict in these times, these days, than any time in the past. Chances are you got trouble with your, your family, your kids, grandkids, great-grandkids more than ever before. Perhaps one of your children is in open rebellion. Heard a lot of that when I was in Columbus. If they're not there yet, it's just because they're not old enough. It's just a matter of time. Why? Because our adversary, that trivecta, Flesh, world, devil, all trying to ruin your Christian walk and harmony in the family. You know, the enemy hates it when things are right between you and God. 
Chances are the conflicts occurring in your occupation have reached a new intense level. And you're ready to say, I don't even know if Christianity works anymore. Hey, all of that stuff is a part of the enemy's strategy. Maybe you're going through something, again, emotionally or physically for yourself, your mate, someone in your family, a good close friend. Chances are very good. There's trouble in River City. The devil hates a mind focused on Christ. What are you thinking? He hates secure wills. I'm going to do the will of God. He hates a stable body. You're going to continue to encounter all of these attacks if you live in America in any number of ways. And we ought not to live in fear. I continue to tell people the devil ought to be afraid of you, not vice versa. And we're not to be ignorant of all of his devices. And he's using government today. The enemy loves for you to be ignorant about all the stuff going on in the world, all the stuff about Satan and demons. To think of him inaccurately or with a shrug, he hates messages that center on Jesus Christ and where you are a victor as opposed to a victim. You need a little good news? I do. It's found in the Bible. You resist him. Stand firm in the faith. I mean, he's just a roaring lion there. First Peter 5, 8, but 5, 9? Resist him. The enemy's attack may be directed toward the vulnerable part of your life, but the shield of faith, the Bible says, will protect you. James 4, 7, here it is. Submit. Submit to God. Then you resist the enemy. Is the Bible true? Because it says he'll flee. Yep, we need to pray for this country. We need to pray for our families, a church, your pastor. There's nothing like prayer to dislodge the enemy's stronghold. You're not alone. Your brethren, it says there in verse 9 of 1 Peter 5, your brethren are experiencing the same thing you are. You're not unique. You're part of a groundswell of God's triumphant movement of the world today. Act like it. This counter strategy carries with it some severe test. The enemy comes at you. He attacks your weakest points. He knows you better than you know yourself. Get that shield of faith up there. And as we close out this Friday, of course, salvation is the optimum in all of this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you ever done that? That's where it starts. I told people, I continue to tell people, it's in the book. All these demonic problems, everybody I've worked with claims faith in Christ. There's nothing to hold the enemy back if you're not saved. Where's the Holy Spirit? What's to keep the enemy from coming back if he's expelled in some way? Yep, got to get saved. It's a great way to live. Fantastic way to die if the Bible's correct. Stand tall, my friend, for Jesus today. America needs you. And finally, it happens every now and then, the neighbor's steak on the grill, that smell wafting across the, the street here. I think I need a steak tonight. Is your mouth water when you uh, smell a good steak or burger on the grill? Got me to thinking about vegans. I wonder if the same thing happens with the mouth waters when vegans mow the lawn. <laughs> I just a thought. Hey, that's it. Had my say for another day, another week, my friend. Thank you for being here and telling others about the broadcast. Thank you for, oh, wait a minute, your name's not there. Facebook, Greg, Jerry G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. 
What did I say two, three years ago today? It's all available. WHCBRadio.org. Go to one of their links or gregpatton.com. And uh, I'm just going to pray you have a great weekend, my friend. Be in church on Sunday. Sure, do it. It'll strengthen you. I can't wait till Monday. Two days away. Have a great weekend, my friend. And that's the way it is. Friday, November the 3rd, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless.